Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The impeachment trial has begun, except it hasn't. I mean, they're talking, but not about impeachment. They're talking about impeachment and not about conviction. It's a very confusing scene over there at the U.S. Senate. I mean, the biggest thing to happen so far was a video, propaganda video, of the rioting that took place at the Capitol, which, of course, we here don't condone in any way, shape, or form. And somehow that is supposed to get us to believe that the president, former president Donald John Trump, should be convicted because the impeachment has already taken place. The video contained no timestamps, contained no timeline of what was happening. For example, people were already at the Capitol while the president was still speaking. Washington Post had already described that people were engaged in wanting to riot, having nothing to do with President Trump, then President Trump. I'm not saying there aren't things you can find wrong with President Trump and what he said and how he acted after the election up until the day he left office. I'm saying that what the Democrats have put forth so far is a lot of propaganda and very little to the point of Let's prove that it was Donald Trump who was engaged in supporting and inciting an insurrection. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. That's the number. By the way, someone just noted uh, Jonah Goose was, uh, he's a Democrat from Colorado, was speaking. Right, and he's one of the impeachment managers. And someone noted that he said that the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court shall preside. But the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court is not presiding. The President, uh, the, the Senate pro tem is presiding. Who's that? That's Pat Leahy. Wait a second, isn't he a senator? Yes, from Vermont. How is he presiding over a case that he's also being able to vote in? Aha! You see the issue. But that issue was well explained by William Jacobson of Legal Insurrection, Cornell Law Professor. Because we asked him, hey, this this whole trial before the trial, because that's what's happening today. That's why I say they're not actually engaged in the trial yet. They're engaged in the conversation as to whether or not the trial can go forward. Meaning, do they have the right to go forward with the the trial when the person on trial is no longer in office. I mean, what is it that we're really and truly looking at here? And the Cornell Law Professor, well, he had some thoughts. Yeah, hi, Tony. Well, uh, the Senate's going to decide whether they can move forward, but they are not the ultimate determiner of this. I mean, normally the courts leave the Senate and the House to their own devices. They get to make their own rules. They get to do other things. But now they are actually trying to impose a penalty on a civilian, somebody who is no longer the president. And were they to do that, then I think there's a uh, an issue for the court. But right now, I mean, you and I could get together and say, we're going to impeach the president and we're going to rule that what we're doing is constitutional, but that means nothing. So what the Senate is deciding 
means nothing other than the fact that the Senate is going to move forward. So it's not really a court ruling. It's not a ruling that has any basis for uh, being binding on anybody other than the Senate. And it might be binding, and the court might say hands off if this were the president, if this was a real impeachment trial. It's not a real impeachment trial because at a real impeachment trial, the Constitution says the chief justice of the Supreme Court has to preside. And he's not. Uh, we don't know why not. I don't think there's been an announcement from John Roberts' office, but I think it's pretty obvious he's not going to preside because this isn't actually a, an impeachment trial. This is some new thing the Senate has invented for Donald Trump. Ain't that the truth? Now, the part that's the truth is this is unserious. There will be no conviction. And the idea that the House, that that the Senate is going to determine the constitutionality of going forward, it's not what. It's, that's that's not what they do. I mean, it's just that that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. But but neither here here, here nor there. It is for, indeed, the Democratic Party to answer the questions as to why the Chief Justice is not presiding. And you realize after today, in the first hour when they showed this video that ran for about, it seemed like 12 minutes, of all the the violence that took place at the Capitol. And people got hurt and people got attacked and it was disgusting. I'm no fan of it. But it was a propaganda video. If you were editing out the president saying peacefully uh, walk uh, to, to the Capitol, peacefully at the Capitol, I don't remember the exact wording, but they edited out peacefully. Seems pretty obvious that they did that. Then there's no timestamp so you understand when things happened, when activities were happening in terms of violence uh, versus where the president was speaking. Then if we're going to say that he incited an insurrection... What about all the times, right, they want to point to the fact that the president said we're going to fight like hell. I shared a, a, a montage of Democrats saying fight like hell. It's an expression that we use in America. And it is not one that has ever been associated by anybody of any party at any time with inciting a, 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 an insurrection, This is about hate. Now, I say to you, and I've, I've, I've been saying this, I want to make sure people really do understand me, that I have no problem with saying there are things that the president did in those last three months in office that were just wrong. And ways he handled himself that were just wrong. And I am one of the people who says, if you have people attacking the Capitol, you're the president of the United States, where were you to start getting people there to keep that place safe? It's an attack. Are you 100% sure where it's coming from? Why aren't you fixing it? I, it seems obvious. If it was Barack Obama, that would be the question that's being asked. It's the question that I'm asking. I appreciate the tax cuts. I appreciate the reduction in regulation. I appreciate the being tough with China. I appreciate the recognizing the problem at the southern border. I appreciate the fighting back against a duplicitous press corps that isn't interested in facts and is only interested in narrative. 
See, I can do two things at once. I think rational people can. Conviction? Wait, impeachment was nuts. Conviction? You're out of your head if you think Donald Trump is responsible for a riot. You're out of your head, responsible for a riot by by language that's been utilized by Democrats and Republicans equally for decades? Out of your skull. That does not stop at all the Democratic Party. It does not stop what we're seeing here. Now, this is, uh, Ari, I think we have it. Is This is Representative David Cicilline, right, from Rhode Island? Yep. And he is one of the impeachment managers. Let's hear what he has to say about it, the conviction of Donald Trump. Here's what he said. These are the things and events that happen when a sacred landslide election victory is so unceremoniously and viciously stripped away from great patriots who have been badly and unfairly treated for so long. Go home with love and in peace. Remember this day forever. Every time I read that tweet, it chills me to the core. The President of the United States sided with the insurrectionists. He celebrated their cause. He validated their attack. He told them, remember this day forever. Hours after they marched through these halls looking to assassinate Vice President Pence, the Speaker of the House, and any of us they could find. Given all that, it's no wonder that President Trump would rather talk about jurisdiction and a supposed January exception, rather than talk about what happened on January 6th. Make no mistake, his arguments are dead wrong. They are distractions from what really matters. The Senate can and should require President Trump to stand trial. My colleagues have already addressed many of President Trump's efforts to escape trial. I'd like to cover the remainder and then address the broader issues at stake in this trial. For starters, in an extension of his mistaken reading of the Constitution, President Trump insists that he cannot face trial in the Senate because he's merely a private citizen. He references here the Bill of Attainder Clause. But as Mr. Neguse just explained, the Constitution refers to the defendant in an impeachment trial as a person and a party, and certainly he counts as one of those. Let's also apply some common sense. There's a reason that he now insists on being called the 45th President of the United States rather than Citizen Trump. He isn't a randomly selected private citizen. He's a former officer of the United States government. He's a former president of the United States of America. He's treated differently under a law called the Former Presidents Act for four years. We trusted him with more power than anyone else on earth. As a former president who promised on a Bible to use his power faithfully, he can and should answer for whether he kept that promise while bound by it in office. His insistence otherwise is just wrong. And so, so is his claim that there's a slippery slope uh, to impeaching private citizens if you proceed. 
The trial of a former official for abuses he committed as an official, arising from an impeachment that occurred while he was an official, poses absolutely no risk whatsoever of subjecting a private citizen to impeachment for their private conduct. To emphasize the point, President Trump was impeached while he was in office for conduct in office, period. The alternative, once again, is this January exception, in which our most powerful officials can commit the most terrible abuses and then resign to leave office and suddenly claim that they're just a private citizen who can't be held accountable at all. Now, the argument that if he would just stick to that, I think that argument actually connects with people. Don't get me wrong. The impeachment's already done. I oppose the impeachment. But the idea that you can't move forward, that argument that that represents this line is making, I think will connect with people. That's the argument, right? First, the idea that president's saying he's a private citizen while he's got the office of the former president, I think is an interesting little play on words that will connect, right? And I actually like the way that uh, the, the representative here is presenting it because he's presenting it in a, let me appeal to your mind kind of way. But then the idea that of course it applies. And of course it applies to what happens even after the, the fact. Now, I happen to be a believer in this. I just happen to know that there's going to be no conviction. I also know that anybody who is rational knows that you can't convict on this charge, which is the part that someone like Representative Cicilline will never, ever owe up to. The charge of insurrection is a failure. It is not the issue at play. You could never prove it in a court of law. You know you can't prove it here. That's why your hate is on display. What we are watching is how much you hate Donald Trump. That's what we're looking out for. And so far from that video you showed, they showed this thing for like 12 minutes. Oh, it's a lot of hate. And unfortunately for Representative Cicilline, not everybody is going to be able to match the tenor of his voice. Wait for Eric Swalwell. It's all downhill from there. And it's already been pretty downhill. I'm Tony Katz. I'm trying to figure out why Britney Spears is in the news. There's a documentary that was created by... I think it was the New York Times. And it's all about Britney Spears and it 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 reengages this really kind of crazed interview that Diane Sawyer, I guess, did with Britney Spears back in the day. And people are like, "Oh, Diane Sawyer owes Britney Spears an, an apology. This is this is disgusting." I guess now I've got to see it. I don't know what the the issue is. Have you watched it, producer Ari? Do you know no, what we're talking I was about to find here? It right now, Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Eight three three. Got Tony. Eight three three four six eight eight six six nine. So Diane Sawyer is getting all sorts of backlash. This interview happened in two thousand and three. It's called Framing Britney Spears. And what it does is it's taking a look at the treatment of Britney by media. 
And so it goes back to and shares this interview that Diane Sawyer did. Um, and people are calling her a misogynist. You know, you, you, you broke Justin Timberlake's heart. What did you do to him? I mean, that kind of, that kind of stuff. I don't know. I, I have no idea. Did, was she just asking tough questions or whatever the case may be? And we've gotten so soft as a, as a society that we simply don't even know how to, how to deal with anything anymore? I'm, I'm not completely sure what it is I'm looking at here. All I know is they may have further resurrected Britney's career better than anyone. And this is a girl who is not even in control of her own life, right? Her dad still has control of her life. Isn't, isn't that the way it is, that, that she's unstable, I guess is what we would, we would call it? And so her, her, her finances, everything else, are, are under dad's control. I think, the, the, I mean, th there's a story there for sure. I think the bigger story here is Diane Sawyer, misogynist? Diane Sawyer, terrible to women? Diane Sawyer needs to be held accountable? My gosh, that's amazing. Amazing. No one. No one will ever get out alive. The woke scolds will come for all of us. The wokeosphere will come for all of us. It's just a question of when. That, 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 that's it. So get ready for it. Gird your loins, as the people would say. Nothing, nothing wrong with a good girding right there. And, and just, if Diane Sawyer's not safe, you are not safe. <laughs> I mean, right? That's, that, that's, I think that's a good, good judge. Diane Sawyer is the canary in the coal mine. Impeachment is happening. The trial, because the impeachment already happened. Where are they? What's their argument? We will share it. Coming up, I'm Tony Katz. Facebook. Tony Katz Radio. Following the reporting that's going on out of Minnesota, a shooting that took place, nine people injured. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. 833, got Tony. 833 now, uh, this is outside of Minneapolis, and it's called the Buffalo Police Department, according to Fox News. It happened at Alina Health Clinic. Uh, there is no details yet on uh, the number of victims. Uh, we know at least nine, according to Fox 9, in the area, male suspect in custody. This, according to emergency dispatchers. The story is going to morph and flow throughout the day. We'll have more on it uh, tomorrow. Impeachment trial is going on, but really, they're checking to see whether or not they're going to go forward, even though they already said they would go forward, but now they're going to have eight hours of debate, and then, um, uh, you know, they were going to vote, 
and see whether or not they can move forward. That's what's happening right now. They're waiting to see whether or not they're going to move forward by debating whether or not they can actually convict somebody who's no longer in office. Now, one of the interesting things is that when Representative Nagusa Colorado was talking, he referenced Jonathan Turley. Jonathan Turley is the Georgetown uh, law professor. And uh, I'm sorry, George Washington University, not Georgetown. And Jonathan Turley has been somebody who has opposed the first uh, uh, impeachment, opposes this one. And he's been saying that, you, you know, you don't have the, 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 the ability here to make this happen. Nagus utilized a piece from Jonathan Turley in support of impeachment from 1992. And Jonathan Turley is saying, yeah, yeah, that, that, that was me then, and this is me now, a piece from, what, what's 1992? 30, 30 years ago? No. It's 2021. Because I was born 91, and I'm 29. So I said 30 years ago. What's your point? Because I don't want to be known as a 30-year-old. Oh, okay. I didn't realize this was about you and your ego, producer Ari. My mistake. February 9th, 2021, JonathanTurley.org. My recent position of 21 years ago, I think it's more than 21 years ago, House Democrats cite 1992 Duke piece in support of impeachment. And the funniest line that he writes is that if my views of 21 years ago are going to be cited as recent, I would at least appreciate them use uh, a thinner photo of me from the 1990s. And he writes about it. He discusses where his position on this has has changed. Well, I guess you're not allowed to change the position in today's society. And even though uh, John Lynn Turley quickly said, whoa, 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 that's what you say about me, but you haven't taken a look at this, 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 and this, it doesn't matter. Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that Jonathan Turley, who is clearly a lawyer's lawyer, could be taken out of context from current comments that he may have made on the idea of a retroactive impeachment. It's insignificant. What matters solely and exclusively is pushing the idea that Trump is a villain and anybody who supports him is is violent. That's the objective. That's what they're going for. Solely exclusively without question let's take it back to uh, the impeachment proceeding jamie raskin a representative from maryland is speaking i don't want to come back to the capitol <laughs> of all the terrible brutal things i saw and i heard on that day and since then that one hit me the hardest that and watching someone use an American flagpole, the flag still on it, to spear and pummel one of our police officers ruthlessly, mercilessly, tortured by a pole with a flag on it that he was defending with his very life. People died that day. Officers ended up with head damage and brain damage. People's eyes were gouged. An officer had a heart attack. An officer lost three fingers that day. Two officers have taken their own lives. 
Senators, this cannot be our future. This cannot be the future of America. We cannot have presidents inciting and mobilizing mob violence against our government and our institutions because they refuse to accept the will of the people under the Constitution of the United States. Much less can we create a new January exception in our precious, beloved Constitution that prior generations have died for and fought for so the corrupt presidents have several weeks to get away with whatever it is they want to do. History does not support a January exception in any way, so why would we invent one for the future? This is a mistake. This is a mistake from Representative Raskin. He started this by telling the story that his daughter was at the Capitol. Right? When, when this took place. And that his daughter didn't want to come ever want to come back to the Capitol. And I mean, he's getting teary. That's obvious. That's not going to work. That's not it. And you don't get to talk about corruption because we can do this all day. The idea of a January exception is to the idea that a president can still be impeached up until and including his last second in office or her last second in office, right? I agree with this. And I think the rational mind could uh, 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 agree with this. But if you're going to start bringing up, up tears and and making it this level of emotional as opposed to the level of factual, then you're showing and proving that this is indeed a propaganda war. That's what we said from the beginning. And you could have said, hey, Tony, I'm not so sure it's a propaganda war. Let's see what happens. We are less than two hours in, kids. Boom. We proved it. Big, big, super big, Mega big mistake. It's a mistake. You, they didn't have to make this mistake. They decided to make this mistake. Now, what will be the other conversation? The other conversation is, of course, why this should not be happening. We have no ability to engage in this trial. I don't think they should spend seven seconds on that. Just get to it. Don't even argue it. Don't come back against it. Now, they, having worked on this longer than I have, may very well say, we've got about 20 things that we can utilize here to embarrass the Democratic Party. Let's go to it. Again, proving that this is about getting the sound bites that you want that are going to be used in campaign videos for the next 20 years. That's not a reason to have the trial. It's not. But here we are. So I expect that to be the case. Even though what I would rather is say, let's get to the trial. Oh, let's vote. We'll vote to have the trial, then we'll have the trial, and then it'll be all over. I don't think you make a good argument against having the trial. I think the only argument to make is nothing here is is worthy of conviction, just as nothing here was worthy of impeachment. That this is clearly a House of Representatives that is not well mentally, that doesn't have stability, 
They don't. They don't have stability. I mean, that's that's clear and obvious. Thinking of lacking stability. Ah, if, could you imagine if I was a professional? Oh my gosh, I'd be killing it. Harris Biden administration. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. Got hairy legs that turn that 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 that, that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. Say it ain't so, Joe. So Joe Biden is doing a virtual tour of a vaccination site in Arizona. And he's the it's him and it's uh, Kamala Harris and it's a nurse who's explaining things to him. And then it got weird. Well, Support. Yeah. are you a freshman at the university? No, no. <laughs> you look like no. a freshman. <laughs> he's hitting on her, right? Uh, That's flirting, right? Uh, I checked with some people, and that is considered old man flirting right there. Uh, Are you a freshman at the university? No, no. <laughs> you look like no. a freshman. <laughs> I'm teasing you look like a freshman. I was told that is old man flirting. Yeah, that's pretty weird. And if it was Donald Trump who did that or a Republican, it would be 24-7. There would be news cameras outside the house. A crowd would have gathered demanding this misogynist bastard resign. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. So, uh, 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 Joe Biden, uh, with with the, 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 the level of inappropriate there, and the best part is... This won't be the only example. There are so many more to come. I'm Fingers Malloy with the Bourbon Minute brought to you by the Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast. Well, I love a burger with my bourbon, but sometimes money can be tight, and Wendy's understands that. So from now through February 21st, you can get a free junior bacon cheeseburger at Wendy's when you make any purchase. Here's how. According to lifehacker.com, you're going to need to sign up for the Wendy's mobile app and their rewards program. Then scan the in-app offer at the store after adding at least one other item to your order. There is a limit of one free Junior Bacon Cheeseburger per customer per day. For more information on this, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash eatdrinksmoke. This was the Bourbon Minute brought to you by Eat, Drink, Smoke. It's your cigar bourbon foodie radio extravaganza. Check it out on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcast platform. Eat, Drink, Smoke. The impeachment trial continues. And it's going to continue. Now... Producer Ari just told me that the Republicans are going to start talking soon. I have it in my explanation of four hours each. It's going to be eight hours of conversation about whether or not to move forward on on this conversation. Has this changed? 
Maybe they're splitting it up like two, 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 two. Maybe, maybe they are. Maybe they are because what you had was first they're going to have the conversation about whether or not they can move forward, the constitutionality of of the trial itself, and then they're going to get into the trial itself. The the agreement between Senate leaders, so it was Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer who came up with this agreement, provides for up to 16 hours for both prosecutors and the defense to make their arguments. So that's actually, wait a second, with no more than eight hours of arguments per day. Now that's different. Under the agreement, the trial opens and, and with four hours of debate on whether the trial is constitutional. The Senate will then vote. Okay, so this has changed a little bit from the first reporting I had. So it's four hours to even decide whether they can do it. Then it's up to 16 hours. That's eight and eight. I don't think that's it, man. I think that this goes much longer. Much longer. But if this is the case, well, look at us. Look at us with a shorter trial. We're cruising. I saw this as 32 hours. No, 16. Oh, oh, we can handle 16. It's like binge watching Netflix. So if that's the case, they're not going to go more than eight hours a day. They would go Thursday and Friday. And then you would, because they're going to break early uh, Friday for uh, Jewish members. And then they'll go Saturday and then on Monday. That's the way that's got to work, right? They're not going to go eight and eight. They just won't do it. I can't imagine that they're going to do it, especially if they're going to want to get more airtime from uh, media-friendly sources. Right? They're going to want to make sure that they're they're hitting all their talking points. Because if you're engaged in a propaganda war, this is how you do it. I can't imagine that they're going to, you know, uh, make it, you know, we're going to just do two hours a day and really force everybody to to dive in. I don't know if they're going to do that. Then there's a question being asked, you know, the idea of do they want to call witnesses? Well, if you call witnesses, uh, that would go longer, right? That would take longer to do. But remember, this the point, it's, it's weird to be able to say two things at the same time, but they aren't contradictory. I have zero issue with this trial. Meaning I didn't want impeachment. I think impeachment is a mess. I think the impeachment charge is flat out garbage. But I believe that it is correct that the president is not immune from a trial, even though they're no longer president. Because the trial has to happen regardless of whether he's in the office or not.